Ronananian. You know, when it comes to repairing cars, just strange things happen in repair shops. The Car Doctor. Eclipses, full moons, high tides, low tides, bad weather. It affects all of us. It affects us not just in our judgments and in the way we drive. Most people drive like they're nuts anyway. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Ronnie naming the car doctor here at 855-560-9900. Give us a call. Get on. Let's talk about your car. Let's solve your problem. Also, this hour, we're giving away our Wix commemorative 1939 Ford Coupe diecast car, courtesy of the folks over at Wix Filters. Um, not only has Wix been protecting America's engines for 75-plus years, every once in a while they let us give away one of these great little diecast models. Um, no, Tom, I'm taking the car away from you. You're no longer allowed to play with it. <sighs> You know, you really disappoint me. You told me I could have this thing. I could take it home. I could play with it. And, well, you know. the, the problem is last week we forgot to give it away because you and Tony wouldn't give it up. And your point? My Well, that's just the whole point. This thing is really neat. It's got an opening hood and trunk. It's got a detailed Ford flathead engine, white wall tires. It's got a vintage 1939 North Carolina license plate uh, with great detail, great detail, custom Wix branded window box packaging. It's just a really neat piece, and it's a, a commemorative for the Wix anniversary. So uh, we'll be giving that away this hour as well. But we are here to take your calls and answer your questions, and I think we should. I've got a great conversation I want to have with everybody today. You know, we always talk about uh, good mechanics and why good mechanics are so hard to find. But somewhere in the course of this hour, I want to talk about good customers. And I want to talk a little bit about a story, a, a conversation I overheard at the deli the other day. And, you know, how that's a bad customer. And I want to just make everybody think a little bit, are you being a good customer? And Maybe we can increase and improve the flow of communication between repair shops and the people that bring their cars in. But right now, let's get over to the phones. Let's go over to Zed from Houston and uh, talk about his 94 Roadmaster with some uh, questions about uh, what's going on. Zed, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Good afternoon. Yes, sir. What's yes, uh, I had uh, been having a problem with my car. It was it was uh, coughing back or stalling or back through the throttle body. Right. So we changed the distributor on it, put an so a brand new AC Delco in the distributor on it, and that didn't find fix the problem. So they went in there and they put the ECM on it, an electronics control module. Module. Right. And that fixed the problem. It runs beautiful now, but it needs to be programmed. I understand. To that V, to that VIN number of that automobile. Okay. Right, right now the problem is that the two radiator fans, the electric fans, they do not run. But nor will the air conditioner run. in with this hundred, hundred degree weather down here, we need air conditioning. Yeah, I would think so. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, so, so, uh, so how can I help you? What's your question to me? So my problem is, do does this new ECM need to be recalibrated to my car. It was it a was it a new ECM right from a General Motors dealer? Said and and I'm kind of confused because if they got an you know a software empty ECM that wasn't 
you know, was it brand new from a GM dealer? Was it? I guess I got to start there. Was it brand new from a no. GM dealer, or was it a used no, piece? No, it's not. You can't buy one. It's, as I said, it was too, as cars too old. They have to. They had to go to put an aftermarket. Okay. So you know they they got a remand from a local parts house. Probably, I'm going to guess and say maybe an A1 Cardone or something like that that came yes. programmed already. I guess yes. Okay. So in 19, this was a 94. In 94, the computer was programmed by the, if I remember correctly, the flash module. Did they transfer over your, inside your computer was something called a PROM or an and or a MemCal. It was two separate memory chips, one or two, depending upon the year of the vehicle itself. Do you know if they transferred those over? No, I do not. All right. Do you still? But I understand if the prom wasn't changed out, the car would not start at all. Is this correct? Well, that's correct. But if the new computer came with a prom and it gave it the basics, it would start, but it wouldn't have the correct characteristics to match the vehicle. Okay. But, But the bigger question is, do they still have the old computer or did they send it back as a core? See that? I See there again, I don't know. Right. I have to find that out on Monday, but I don't, the, don't have any idea what they did. Because they normally want that core. Right, correct. And and if memory serves me correct, we're going back twenty something years, it yes. was the, it wasn't a prom anymore, it was a memcal. And the memcal, the memory calibration stick built into the PCM was it's the last four digits that determine the application per vehicle. All right. So, you know, if it depends on where the computer came from. If the computer came with a memcal, then they probably sent yours back complete. But if that's the case, all is not lost because there are some aftermarket companies out there that you can give them the VIN, let them go back. They will look up how that software was supposed to be flashed originally from GM. You might have some downtime with the vehicle where you have to send that memcal chip back to them they will flash it and then send it back to you. All right. To my knowledge, okay. I don't believe a Tech One, which is what it would have been in '94, a Tech One scan tool would work in this application. I don't believe we were flash capable uh, back then. I don't think it applied. Uh, I could be wrong, but it was it was very late in the game for OBD One, and in all likelihood, this is going to require a memcal to update the PCM. That's where all the you know software updates were, and um, yeah. you know that's that's basically how it worked. So, but uh, try that. If that doesn't work, give us a call back, and I'll, I'll I'll probably tell you at that point. Send me the VIN of the vehicle. We can have this conversation next week or the week after. Send me the okay. send me the VIN of the vehicle, and I'll do a little more research on my side and, and uh, see what else I can find out for you. Hey, you guys holding up down there in Houston? You getting by all right? Yes, I'm getting flooded. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what, Zed. We we appreciate the fact you calling us and you know taking the time. We know you got a lot going on, and um, we we hope we were able to distract you a little bit from the from the storm you're feeling. We're going to be sending out the Wix thirty nine four diecast to you. I'd like you to ask you to stay on the phone. Uh, Tom Ray Jr. or Tom Ray the fourth will pick up the phone. He'll get your mailing address. It's courtesy of the folks over at Wix Filters. It's the special seventy fifth Wix anniversary thirty nine Ford coupe. 
with some really neat detailing and um, you know options and just uh, just a neat diecast car Good. to put on Thank the studio. You, You're very welcome, sir. We hope it. Uh, we hope thoughts of it until you get it. We'll help you pass the time of day until you guys uh, get safe and secure and uh, help dry you out and help you put up with all this aggravation you're dealing with with your car. So it was a pleasure to meet you today, Zed. Stay on the phone, and Tom Ray, uh, the fourth, will uh, take you uh, up on this and uh, get your information for you. Take good care. Um, yeah, that's you know, wow. Look at the technology. See, and this is this is what I've been saying for a while now. In that, what will happen to the older car and the technology? How will we flash that? How will we keep up with that? I mean, I started the last hour show talking about I'm amazed at the parts you can get. And I still think this car is repairable. I still think by hook or by crook there's a way to flash this or update this or change the memcal or solve this form. But it's the steps you have to take. And it makes you wonder how many people would take the steps or how many people would just, you know, give up on it and and, and go buy a new car. So, but um, in any event, Zed, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to give us a call, as we pointed out. And uh, good luck to you and your stay, stay well, stay safe down there, Houston Way. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy in the car, Doctor, coming back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Andy in the car, Doctor, rolling along this hour, taking charge and fixing cars at 855-560-9900. By the way, more information at cardoctorshow.com. And uh, we've made it easier for you. That's all you need to know, cardoctorshow.com. Changes coming there. But um, that's where you want to be for information about the show as well as podcasting and other things going on. Speaking of going on, let's go over to Steve in Maine with uh, some problems, 2007 Prius. And I'll uh, see what's going on here with an ABS light coming on. Steve, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Yeah, Ron, it, uh, the uh, ABS light it comes on at exactly 63 miles an hour. Okay. And... Uh, and then it go, it goes off uh, once you slow down. But if you come back up again, it comes on. But I've never seen an, a light, a check engine light that goes off and comes back on by itself. Well, there's something. Yeah, there's, and, uh, there's something going on here. Speed sensitive. Has anybody scanned it for fault codes? Uh, let me uh, catch you up to a little more here. Uh, I had a front wheel, a front right wheel bearing. And an axle, uh, an axle ring uh, replaced, along with the uh, the uh, uh, ABS sensor. And when I got it back, uh, the um, the ABS uh, the ABS light was ne- never on before that, uh, but that came on, uh, and the uh, other problem was fixed. So the wheel bearing thing uh but they uh i had it rescanned by a toyota dealer and they said they found c 1236 uh on the uh, right hand speed sensor and uh, they they thought there was a foreign object attached on it um, and what i did was go back to the people that had put it on for me originally and get them to replace it with a new one, and they did, and it, it didn't do anything. It's still the same, so it couldn't have been a tip damage that, that they're talking about. Okay, so where does it stand now? Is anybody taking diagnosis further, or they're just waiting for you to tell no, them? No, I, I, I don't know which way to go with it. Okay, well, I'm, let's 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 back up and look at this logically. All right. By the way, is your radio on, Steve? Is your radio on, Steve? No. Uh, 
Well, uh, my wife's listening to a to it on the other. Okay. On a uh, okay. tablet. All right, so maybe she can move a little right. away because I can actually hear it. It's you're you're, you're confusing oh, me. I can you I can want me to have I, her turn it off. Yeah, maybe if we could do that. It's it's yeah, I, I can I can hear myself, I can, I can so hear I can tell myself. something's up. Okay, honey, um, could you turn that off? Uh, yeah, a little bit of live radio here, folks. This is what happens. Pat. No. Hey, could you turn that off? But you want me to tell her? She'll hear me. So we could do it that okay. way. There we go. That works. Thank you very much. Um, so, and if she wants to hear this segment, she can go to cardoctorshow.com and take the podcast second hour. It'll be up in a couple hours after today's oh, okay. show. Um, it'll be there. It'll be there for you. But um, in any event, um, let's look at this logically. This problem didn't happen until after you had the bearing repaired, right? That's correct. So let's assume, which is a dangerous word, that it's related to what they did. We, we've, we've now got a 1236, which is a problem with a problem with an input signal or some kind of a signal out of the left front speed center. Agreed? Right. Okay. We need to find somebody that understands what a scope is. And before we start taking anything else apart and run the risk of hurting anything... Yeah. We need to scope the signal out of the left front, right front, and the two rear speed sensors. If if we all four of them. Well, let's let's it's it's not a bad place to start. Did they touch the right side? Right. Yeah. Right. Did they did they touch the right side, Steve? No, they just worked on the left front. Uh, yeah, correct. The, the right side is the one they did. Oh, the right side's the one they, they did, but it's coming up with a left fault code. Is, is it, yeah, maybe they mixed it. Was it, it was. I've got the uh, invoice in front of me. Well, it says C twelve thirty six, speed sensor right hand. Oh, twelve thirty. Yeah, well, twelve thirty. But twelve thirty six is a left front fault. A left front fault. Oh. To my knowledge. To my knowledge. That's interesting. I wonder if they, if they, put a right front. Well, if they put a left front on the right. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. But obviously, right? you know, obviously there's a couple of things we want to do here. We want to go back and verify okay. part numbers. Do we have correct parts and part right. numbers where they're supposed to be? And then verify that 1236. Memory serves me right. 1236 is a left front is an issue with left front speed sensor, not right. Okay. Okay. I kind of thought that myself. All right. Now, that being said, the be-all and end-all is I will get out a lab scope, and either I'll use a two-channel, four-channel, I don't care how I do it, and wave all four sensors. They got to look the same. It's that simple. Wave them? Wave them. You know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do... What would you do for a living, Steve? What do you do for a living? I, I'm retired, and I do some volunteer driving for a local... Uh, um, okay, how'd you make C1, C. how'd you make your living? Were you were you anything mechanical, electrical? Uh, I was an accountant. Okay, so tax, accountant, uh, tax yeah, preparer. Yeah, listen, I can. I mean, I can relate to that. That's you know. So you guys used a calculator. Calculator gave you the numbers in a digital readout, correct? Right. So so the calculator was your voltmeter. It displayed things digitally. All right. Every once in a while, you had to go right. to a, a client and you had to use Excel to show them things in a graph, how it would wave up and down, how their finances would go up and down, right? Same thing? Yeah, so so a, right. a, a scope is like an Excel spreadsheet. 
instead of showing you the numbers on a calculator in digital format, it's it's showing them to you in a wave. It's showing them as a graph. It's showing it as it goes up and as it goes down. So the, the graph, you know, when we scope something, the nice part is a scope is faster than a digital voltometer. It, it's, you know... Think about how much information you could get to a client by showing them numbers on a calculator versus how much more information you could get to them showing them on a scope, on a graph, right? The graph, they could see the rise, the fall. They could see things in more detail. Same idea. That's what a scope does. Right. All right? So best known good, if, if the repair shop says, well, we have to know what known good is, best known good is the other three sensors on the car. <laughs> that's right. what it's supposed to look like, uh, you, you know, yeah, and that's that's better than any spec, so, right? Yeah, that's better than any spec that anybody could write down or 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 deal with. So, you know, I would scope the sensors, see what they look like, whichever one is the problem, take it apart. Something's wrong. It's that simple. Right. Um, so the the C twelve thirty six could be any of the four. No, to my knowledge, C1236 is a foreign object on the tip of the left front speed sensor. It's, it's, it's telling us that it sees a problem with the left front. And, and, maybe, and maybe this has nothing to do with any of the work they did. Could be a complete, complete coincidence. Absolutely possible. Right. So So I could have that. Yeah, I could have the left, the left front uh, checked, I guess. Right. So that's what I should start with, maybe. Right. What did the Toyota dealer want to do? What did the Toyota dealer want to do? Uh, what, what did they... Uh, they said uh, there was a foreign ab- object attached on the tip of front seat speed sensor right hand. Okay. Check sensor. Okay. So for slight damage to tip of plastic around sensor. But I, I think the other... I, that was before... They replaced it for me. So they replaced it and there was no change? They replaced That's correct. Do me a favor. Double, double, check, double check the 1236. I remember 1236 is a left front sensor. Right or wrong, regardless, okay. if that doesn't work, scoping all four of these, or scoping at least two of these to compare, will give us a baseline to work from. And then call me back next week and give me some more information. I'm Ron Anating, The Car Doctor. I'm coming back right after this. This car is automatic, it's systematic, it's hydromatic. Why it's greased lightning? Hey, welcome back. Ron and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900, cardoctorshow.com. By the way, this segment of the Car Doctor is brought to you by Motocraft. You know, we use Motocraft parts in the shop. We think you should, too. If you've got a Ford, a Lincoln, or a Mercury product, you know, remember, Motocraft parts are there for all your repair and maintenance needs. Keep in mind that the name Motocraft has stood for durability and quality for nearly five decades. It works for us. It'll work for you. Motocraft, right part, priced right. Something's wrong with my glasses today. I can't seem to read that well. I'm uh, I'm missing things, so... 
Unfortunately, I can still see Thompson. I'm going to point to Tom and say, Did, open, "Didn't you have the, a birthday last week?" Uh, you yeah, know, this may have something to do with that. You know, I'm getting old, Tom. I can't. I can't remember anything. I can't remember. I can't see. I'm what? I'm, I'm falling apart. Did you say something? Yeah, oh, I think mind. I did. Yeah, I think I did. Just remember, your day's coming there, Judas. So you just wait. Um, turn on the phones. Let's go. Let me go talk to Tom in Wisconsin. Tom, hurry up. Get me while I'm still here. So, how can I help you, sir? First of all, I love your program, Ron, but Thank here you. is what I'd like to say. Uh, I have a new Ford F-150 with the twin turbos on it. It's a 2.6 EcoBoost, and I've heard a few concerns in the past with that design about uh, having trouble keeping the valves clean. And so my question for you is, should I consider buying a factory extended warranty uh, I'm not actually going to put a lot of miles on this truck, but I am going to keep it for many years. So you have an opinion on whether or not I should spend some money. Not to mention, this truck has so many gadgets on it, Ron. I, uh, if I have to fix those and can't do it myself, I'm going to be in trouble. So just curious with your opinion, is a factory extended warranty at all reasonable? How much is it, Tom? Well, um, from what they're telling me, a couple thousand dollars, which is I think discounted off the original price that they offered me. So two grand. Let's 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 keep the number. Let's keep it simple. So let's say it's two grand for a extended warranty to how many miles? Hundred thousand, seventy-five thousand. Hundred hundred thousand and uh, a total of eight years. Eight years. So for two grand, eight years, you know. Yeah, I think it's probably worth it. Now, here's where, here's where it doesn't pay off, all right? Uh, you know, how many miles do you think you're going to put on it? Well, I don't think I'm going to get that many miles because it's a full-size truck, and I just don't need that, so I use another vehicle to get around most of the time. Right. You know, here's here's the problem, all right? I put an extended I put an extended I had my daughter put an extended warranty on her little escape. She's about 7-8 hours from home now. And part of the reason was that if she broke down on the road traveling back and forth, I wanted to know that at least I could get it into a Ford dealer and maybe have somebody's attention. They seem to want to fix warranty, extended warranty vehicles faster than uh, non-extended warranty vehicles. That's just my sense. Maybe they maybe they see free money there. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but just one way of thinking. It gives me as a father a sense of, of, of security. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's false hope. But one of the things it does do is it takes that $35,000 escape and gives me a little bit of security in the sense that if it needed a, a, a $3,000 repair, not so much that it's just covered, but I've got everybody's attention because it is under warranty, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, you, know, yes. Um, yes. you know, the other side of it is at that $3,000 repair, if it needed a turbo and something else, um, you know that's that's two thirds of the price. You know your 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 warranty is two grand. That's two thirds of the price of that repair. So let's flash forward to you. Two turbos under the hood. Yep. You know I got to tell you, good lord, I I just recently changed the oil on Rachel's Escape uh, yesterday. As a matter of fact, I went into the shop on my day off on vacation to change the oil and service it, and that oil came out beat up and black as always. And um, it just the turbo cars just seem to do that. They just beat the heck out of oil. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm glad there's extended warranty on it. Uh, yeah. my, my concern is, you know, how many times above and beyond a repair would I have the stomach to keep going? And, and mm-hmm. let me explain that. We as human beings, there's, there's a side of us, I think, that if something has open heart surgery, oh, that's no good. Let me get another one. 
Um, so what, what was the what, right? I mean, that's just human nature because right. human nature got, you know, human nature just plays a huge part in how we perceive and what we do with our cars. And, you know, that really affects us. I think the way I would look at this is I don't think you're going to have engine failure. I would think if anything, it's turbo or electronic and the components around it. I would go down and talk to the dealer and say, hey, you know, what have you seen fail? Um, what are the price of those components? And, you know, maybe it's not so bad. Two grand for eight years. If we broke that down into a per year cost, it's peanuts. Well, actually, it's it's only five years because the first three years is covered. Okay. But, but, okay. Well, I, I'm with you completely. I've been I have never purchased one of these, and I've never thought I would. And I'm a pretty handy guy, so I can fix most things. But this car is so this truck is so full of gadgets, Ron. Right. That and that's um, I, and I'll that's never a problem. Be able to yeah, that's now I'll tell you this: you look at those twin turbos and the amount of heat that they generate, and we talk about oil getting beat up and the way that works. This is why you've got to use a good oil. This is why you've got to use a good filter. Um, you know, here's where here's where Pennzoil comes involved with their synthetics, and here's where Wix comes in with their filters. And you know, this this is just part and parcel. The two go hand in hand here. And you know, you've got to use the good stuff so you don't have to use that warranty. And you know, I'm sure you are, but I'm just you know bringing yep. it up as a matter of fact. Um, that uh, I've already because of your suggestion, I've already got the uh, Pennzoil full synthetic, and uh, so I and I appreciate that, uh, and I appreciate your program, and I I'm glad you're out there, and I'm glad there's people like you out there, Rob. Well, I, I I tell you what, Tom, it's um, you know, it's it's very humbling to do this. I have I have no idea how I got to this point. Um, I, I I throw it up to the big guy upstairs. I think he just wanted me on radio to talk to people about their cars and their problems. And uh, here I am, twenty six, twenty seven years later. It's um, yeah, it's it's kind of a neat experience. Program. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. You had one Thank question you, about man. keeping valves clean before I let you go. Sure. Um, what was it? Oh well, you have talked a little bit in the past about a product, uh, maybe a fuel additive that might help keep. Uh, uh, the uh, fuel clean, which might help uh, the problem that uh, there's a slight potential uh, with the valves in this engine because of the direct injection. Uh, some people say that there's a little bit of a buildup, a carbon buildup on the on the valves, and so you have talked in the past about a uh, some kind of fuel additive that might help that. You know, fuel additive and carbon cleaning is 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 a moving target. You know, if 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 some things in auto repair, doing brake repair, doing engine repair is a, is, is a bullseye. It's always there. It's a fixed point. Fuel system cleaning is a moving target, man. It's always changing. And because of that, I'm always watching to see who's got the best and who's keeping up in the engineering. And for a while now, uh, the folks over at Berryman, uh, BerrymanProducts.com, you know, their, their Berryman fuel system additive with their high-energy uh, solvent technology, HEST, um, really is the good stuff. It's it, it really works. And using it on a GDI engine has become essential now because we want to try and get some of that into the system. And because of the way GDI sprays directly into the cylinder, we miss the valves. And it's, it's just important because it helps prevent carbon formation and helps break it down. It's a great double-edged sword. Um, from what I read and from the experiences I've had, and I've had customers have uh, report back as far as what they're seeing and experiencing. Um, you know, so, yeah, if if this were mine, 
Um, I'll put it to you this way. The, the littlest Anian's car got serviced yesterday. It was in for its oil change. It got a bottle of Berryman. And I tend to do that at every oil change with her. And she's got 65,000 miles on it and still going strong. And I wouldn't expect it not to, but, you know, knock wood. Uh, like I said, nervous father, six, seven hours on the road. Uh, you want to make sure it's going to get there. So I try to give her every advantage I can. Um, Berryman's the way to go. I'll take your advice. Thank you, Ron. You're very welcome, Tom. You have a good rest of the day. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor are coming back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. Let's get over to Kelly in Springfield, Illinois, 2015 Honda Accord, and some problems with starting it. Kelly, welcome to the Car Doctor. How can I help? I hope you can. I appreciate your show very much. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, you betcha. Um Listen, I got that 2015 Accord, and the other day, uh, the wife had some kind of problem with it in the morning. She shut it down, but she got out, and it beeped at her like it's not supposed to do. And uh, anyway, she had to jump it up at the end of the day. It got it home, and uh, the, uh, the push ignition light was flashing, and the screen would not go off. And anybody could start my car. You could go in there without a without a fob and start my car. Okay. So what I did was I uh, I disconnected the battery, of course, and uh, a couple times the the screen asked me. It said uh, depress the uh, the radio audio button for two seconds and see if that clears everything up. And another time the screen asked me for my security code. I couldn't get my security code from the dealer, and uh, all of a sudden after about Six disconnects and reconnects, the thing started working correctly. But I live in fear of it happening again. What, what Can you tell me what the trouble is? Yeah, now let me ask you this. When it didn't start for her, she had the car jump-started? Yes. Okay. So you look at it as a simple button, right? That little button on the dash. It's just it's like a doorbell, right? I mean, that's right. that's what you're thinking. Sure. It does. The, the, well, yeah. The, the the truth the, the truth can't be any further than that. It's there's so much going on when you walk up to a smart car because that's what that is. When you walk up to a smart car with that key in your pocket, there's an antenna that's tracking where you are and whether or not it's really you and whether it's the right key and is the security encryption correct. And should it allow about seven different things to happen when you a reach out, touch the door, open it, b sit down in it, and c push the start button. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of signals to, I think the average start button vehicle incorporates anywhere from four to nine different modules just to get the car to start. Yeah, that's what I was worried about. Yeah, and, and you know, part, part of this becomes, I would tell you it would be worth the price of a computer scan to see what fault codes are in the system to determine... And, and maybe you can't at this point because you disconnected the battery and erased memory. Right. All right. And I understand why you did it. It's just, you know, that's a, uh, there's no other way to say it, Kelly. It's a, it's an old school thought process and you got to get out of that. All right, brother. It's, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta go somewhere. It's gotta get scanned. Not, not OBD two, but the entire vehicle looking at all the modules and, and seeing what codes are there. At least then, you know, it's sort of like a stick out your tongue and say, ah, what's wrong with you? You've got a cold. They're going to look at you from top to bottom. Same thing with the car. My guess is that you are probably going to find out that this is either a module that's a problem 
or most likely a software update. I have okay. I have read recently where some Hondas are having this as an issue. There is, to my knowledge, one if not two different software flashes they're working on to correct it. Um, there's a there, it, it's it's a, it's a software issue. It's no different than you know you, th- that desktop computer of yours in a Windows update. So I would say it's worth the money to go to the dealer, get a flat, get a get a scan done, explain the problem, let them put it on file. And if it does reoccur, it's got to go back right away without disconnecting the battery to see where the fault occurred and for what reason. The reason the reason anybody could start it was there is a safety built in that it you know their their goal is to get you home thinking there's a problem with the anti-theft system. Their goal is to get you home in some way, shape, or form and not leave you disabled on the side of the road. Um, it's 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 not meant to be there on a consistent basis that you continue to drive the car, that anybody should be able to start it, if you follow what I'm saying. Yeah. So you think my problem still exists? I think your problem exists. It may not be rearing its head at this point, but it's kind of lurking in the background in the depths of the software, and I think it's got to be looked at. At the very least, you got to go to the dealer and get you know stick out your tongue and say, ah, let them look at it, put it on file. There may be nothing they can do now other than, Yes, we've updated your car to the most current software level, or it already is. Or they may say, hey, here's a common failure. Let's fix this and start the ball from there. One one or the other's got to happen. But, you know, then at least you'd, you'd sleep at night and say, hey, I did everything I could possibly do. Yeah, and just now it's out of warranty. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. So it's always worth it to go and have the conversation, though. Do me a favor, right. Kelly. It's kind of an interesting scenario. Call me back and let me know what the end result is. I'm sure I would, and I'm sure the other listeners would like to hear it as well. Let's see how good a job Honda does making a customer happy. So good luck to you, sir. Keep me posted, and uh, you know where to find me. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. Looks like a picture she was laying there. Moonlight dancing off her head. Welcome back. Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor, 855-560-9900, The Car Doctor's 24-7 number. I wanted to do this at the beginning of the hour, ran out of time, too many calls. Well, not too many calls, just a lot of calls. You can never have too many calls because that's what we're here for. I want to just put this bug in your head. I always talk about, and I'll, I will close today with good mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless, but customers are, are, are worth their weight in salt, and you've got to be a good customer. Overheard a conversation the other day, and it was basically, my Honda didn't start. And then it did. And I don't understand why, she said, she was talking to a friend at the coffee shop, because it was just in at the dealer last month, and they changed the oil and told me that the car was in good shape. And now they want $90 to diagnose the problem. I'm not going to take it back until the car stops running. I'll just wait till it breaks. There's so much wrong with that statement that, you know, maybe it's good that I've only got a minute and a half before we end, because there's just, there's just a lot to talk about. You know what? An oil change just tells you status at that moment. It's no different than going to the doctor, sticking out your tongue, say ah, and God forbid you walk out and have a heart attack on the steps. It just, it can happen. It Maintenance puts the odds in your favor. It doesn't give you a guarantee. It's like life. All right? You get hit, you can get hit crossing the street by a bus when everybody tells you, hey, everything is fine and wonderful. So that being said... Give your mechanic the best advantage you can. Go in there, let them look at things, let them do the maintenance, talk to them, get some reports, and work from there. Don't be stingy in your information. I'm Ron and Andy, the car doctor, reminding you, the mechanics aren't expensive. They are priceless. See ya.